All right, hit that horn, babe. Let's dance. You ain't new to this no more now. It's a hell of a show. You need to watch that on a weekly basis. Hi, I'm Josh. And I'm Brady. And we could have been doctors with the amount of time we've spent watching Pittsburgh Steelers. But instead, we've decided to double down and make a podcast about it. Yeah, and my hands never fit in those latex gloves anyways. Let's talk about our 9-0 and Steelers. They have not beaten the St. Louis Gunners, but no one else has beaten us this year. I'd take that trade off any year, wouldn't you, Josh? Um, I'd take that trade off any year as well. Plus, St. Louis is a dumpster anyways. Eh. Well, we don't have any fans from St. Louis. We don't have any fans at all. I can say whatever I want. I'm a free man. City, <laughs> every city's on the table, Josh. Yeah, we're about to gun them down. All right, so again, before we start talking about this, uh, this definite game that we had with the Cincinnati Bengals last week, uh, let's talk about the rest of the NFL real quick. Uh, let's go game by game. Josh, what were your thoughts on this uh, Colts-Titans Thursday night game? I was impressed with the Colts' defense stepping up again, um, being able to stop Derrick Henry. I was also impressed with old man Phillip Rivers somehow pulling a win because – Anytime I see him play football, I understand he's a storied quarterback. People love the guy. He just, like, the way his arm moves, the way he throws the ball, sometimes the decision-making, I, I just, I'm, I'm impressed. I'm impressed that the Colts are kind of pulling it back together, I guess. Uh, what did you think about the good old Texans-Browns high-scoring shootout? You know, it's so weird when you have to evaluate games that have terrible weather like that game. Um, you know, so there's really... No big lines to draw. I would just say it's scary when the Browns have Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt in the backfield. Nick Chubb looked really good. Remember when Colin Coward said Baker Mayfield was the best quarterback in the AFC North? I remember that. I actually don't remember that. I thought he's generally hated Baker Mayfield. I'm pretty sure he had him ranked as number one, and he had Ben as number four. He had Joe Burrow (laughs) and Lamar Jackson at two and three. Well, that's why we don't watch the herd. Yeah. What did you think about the Jaguars-Packers game? Packers winning a close one, 24-20. This this is one that surprises me the most because the Packers, I feel like, are a team that has nothing going for them other than a quarterback who is an all-time great Hall of Fame, 100% guaranteed. And yet they still kind of find a way to make games, not, not necessarily make games close because of their lack of weapons, but they make games close because of their lack of talent all over the field, where they only have talent in, a, they have a, a running back in Aaron Jones, got a receiver in Devontae Adams, and then they have a quarterback in um, Aaron, Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers. How? I blank on Aaron Rodgers' name. But um, I, I, I'd say resilience is something for the Packers, and I guess the Packers in general, because they've kind of had their ups and downs, and that was a game, especially against the Jaguars, which should have been a blowout. More to talk on that later, given that the Jaguars have something in store for the Steelers, I would assume. <laughs> what uh, what do you think about good old good old Danny Dimes against our boy Carson Wentz, the savior? Yeah, so Eagles favored by 4.5 before the game, and they lose by 10. Uh, I would just say, you know, and it's weird because Carson Wentz has all of his weapons back now. Rager, um, Alshon Jeffrey came back this game. Uh, you know, so he has all these targets. Even Miles Sanders comes back this game, and they struggle. Uh, I, I don't know who we chalk this up to. I thought I've always thought that Wentz 
gotten a bad rep. I thought he's been a, he's been a pretty good quarterback his whole career, but it's been it seems like they've been struggling, um, and they're still ahead in this division. So I I'm holding out for our fellow Pennsylvania brothers. Uh, you know, all but one of the games this year, I was rooting for them. Uh, that was when they played us. I think the Steelers practice squad could have could be first in their division. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think about the? <laughs> think about the Panthers Buccaneers game this is a game where I was actually like I watch all the games on red zone but this one I actually had on I was watching it and for me in my mind I was watching this game and it it was like close the entire time and I was like oh wow this is a great game and then all of a sudden I look up and it's like game's over it's 46 23 I was like where did these points come from I've been watching this whole game and so to me all that says is that the Bruce Arians score fast, high-powered offense is, is coming into its own. And the Panthers, as I toted on them last week, saying, ah, oh, JoJo or Matt Rule, whatever, the, whoever's coaching over there, I don't know. quarterback it is. Whatever. Whoever's coaching, the rookie coach, whatever. They got Teddy, who's injured or whatever. I don't know. I don't know what to think about the Panthers. Without Christian McCaffrey, I feel like they're not even a team. Like They, they are officially in rebuild mode. They're officially in rebuild mode, and they, they have no identity. And I feel like the Buccaneers are in a division where they have the ability to find their identity, and they're getting there. Tom Brady's finding weapons. He's getting comfortable. To my chagrin, A.B. was in that game. He was getting passes. He wasn't getting all the passes. Brady wasn't forcing him the ball. He was hitting him on the open. He was getting him on flats and crossing. So it's like, okay, fine. The Buccaneers are a team. Keep them on your radar. They're not horrible. Can't write them off just yet. That'll be interesting because Chris Godwin, uh, A.B., and uh, and Evans are all getting snaps. So they're playing three wide receiver sets a lot of the time. So it was always curious to see how they're going to make that work. And and Gronk is back in the game too. He's right. he's catching passes. He's getting TDs. He's not spiking the ball anymore. He's giving it to other people to spike, which I don't know how I feel about that. But um, speaking uh, of... Not my Gronk. Not my Gronk. Speaking of not my teams, what do you think of Washington football team versus the Lions? Yeah, 27 to 30. Close loss from Washington. They came down from... Three to twenty-four, so it was a twenty-one point comeback. Um, you know, so and this is Alex Smith's, you know, comeback game. I thought it was, it, it was going to make for a good story, but you just know, uh, after a few blown calls and the Washington football team only gets a field goal out of it, Matthew Stafford was going to, you know, drive down that field and put it in field goal range for Matt Prater. Absolute boot. Good game overall. Josh, what do you think about that? Hail Mary ending of uh, Bill's Cardinals. I I love how when you're watching it, you, as a viewer, you're like, Kyle, like Kyle Murray, he's just like, yeah, you know what, DeAndre Hopkins, he's down in that end zone somewhere. Triple coverage, I don't care. Chucking it up, hoping a prayer. And then the end game press conference, he quite literally says, yeah, D-Hop's <laughs> down there somewhere. <laughs> Hop's down there somewhere. He's going to catch. He's got, he's got baseball mitts for gloves. The, the game was great. I started Josh Allen in fantasy this week, so I was actually paying attention to that game. Yeah, hey, he got a, got a lot of points. Got a got a shout out to my boy. I thought he had the win just from looking at fantasy, checking it like when it didn't flip to it, red zone, and then at the end, red zone was like, oh hey, look at this, Cardinals are winning this thing. Kyle Murray's good. Uh, he's he's definitely a quarterback I would build a franchise around. He reminds me of Russell Wilson before Russell Wilson hit this rough patch and looks like a toaster. 
Okay, oh. one game. Don't be so reactionary. One, no, 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 no. This is this is a couple in a row. This is a couple in a row. He's he's a. Uh, I'll pull up the stats when you're talking on this next one. Speaking of next one, uh, what do you think about good old Broncos Raiders? Yeah, uh, so uh, Broncos not that good. Uh, I mean, they they keep trying to give ball to uh, Melvin Gordon, and he's ineffective. I think it's because they gave him too much money. Philip Lindsay has looked like a better back. Um, they have all these receivers. Hamler, uh, they're, they're missing Sutton too, but they have all these rookie and young players, and it's just it's too bad that they can't get it going. Raiders are making a pretty solid case that they're going to be a pretty decent um, playoff team, so that'll be something to keep uh, an eye on uh, going forward. Josh, what do you think about Tua uh, Chargers one possession game, final score 29-21, what do you think? So this brings into question a, a couple things in, in my mind. Number one, the Dolphins got themselves a good quarterback in Tua. He, he, plays, he plays like an NFL quarterback. He makes great decisions. He doesn't look flustered in the pocket. When he rolls out, he rolls out and he throws the ball with confidence. He's not, he's, he's not throwing it into bad coverages and he's not forcing it on his receivers. Um, I'd, I'd say the Dolphins, they're on a run. I think they're 5-0 and right now since... Uh, I think they're on a 5-0 and tear right now uh, since going like 1-3 or whatever they started the season at. So I'd, I'd say the Dolphins are a team to watch out. That defense is no joke. Um, I know that my running joke is that they're just the conglomerate of the Patriots players that the Pats couldn't pay anymore, but essentially that's what they are. They got good players. They got them on coming off of a good defensive strategy and they're just, they're rolling. You get uh, the good old Seahawks Rams to talk about. Yeah, please supplement how bad Russ has looked because, yes, he looked bad that last game. Tyler Lockett got hurt. Well, so They're they're missing their two starting running backs. I mean, Chris Carson and Carlos Hyde are both out, so there's just a lot of pieces missing uh, on the offense. I'm not too worried. I think the Seahawks, I mean, still with Russ, no matter, you know, how slippery he's been maybe one or two games in a row, it's not that bad. Yeah, so I guess my point is the it's – Four interceptions over the last two games. So two interceptions last game, two interceptions the game before. Um, and then if you jump back to four games, so in the last four games, he's thrown seven interceptions. It's a lot. I mean, I'm not saying, like, Russell Wilson is still an amazing quarterback. He's still good. But when I'm watching him, I don't think, like, something kind of, like, something ch- happened, something shifted. Like, I, I don't know what it is. Like, I feel like the decision-making, like, he's not – he. I don't think he's seen the defense maybe as he was or maybe defensive coordinators are throwing something at him that's confusing him. I'm not a Seahawks fan, so I'm not looking at the other defenses to actually see what they're throwing. But I feel like something's happened. We'll kind of just have to see on the bounce-back week for him. He's officially 0-2 since trademarking the phrase, let Rush cook. So that's the problem. Karma. The universe is dealing out justice. All right, Josh, let's get into it. Uh, let's let's start talking about the Steelers. Let's just talk. I mean, I think the way to, to start off is kind of how we did it last time. We should talk about Ben Roethlisberger, who is the AFC Player of the Week. Um, four touchdown passes, uh, about a 58% you know, completion rating, over 300 yards passing, um, you know, it's funny because he didn't practice throughout the week and he joked to Tomlin that 
he should let him do the same thing. And Tom said, all right, that's thank you for your suggestion. I'll see you at practice anyways. Yeah, no. So everyone was saying Ben, you know, is broken. You know, he's old. I mean, this is what I'm saying. This is Ben has completely changed his game the way that all these old quarterbacks do. He's been sacked zero times the last two weeks. In fact, I think the, the statistic is like something like in his past 144, uh, 104 pass attempts, he hasn't been sacked. He's only been sacked twice over the last four games. Uh, you know, it, especially seeing how he started his career, you know, being the, one of the most sacked quarterbacks, to see him going to this. He has the quickest release in the NFL now. Yeah. Um, it's, a, it's just a different Ben Roethlisberger, honestly. It also speaks to the offensive line. In the offensive line in pass pro, so our, our offensive line in pass protection can stand up against any other offensive line in pass protection, which we can talk about it later. But I feel like our offensive line in run blocking, maybe, maybe not so much. Um, coming into the season, I was a little scared that he was just going to be trying to hit Juju because there were so many new weapons. Like we didn't really have any rapport with any of them, but he spreads the ball around. He he hit Claypool on big plays. He hit Ebron on big plays. He hit Deontay Johnson on big plays. He hit Juju on big plays. He hit everyone on that offense that was available to catch a pass. And if they could get open or even remotely open, Ben was getting the ball to them. It 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 wasn't just Ben's going to force the ball to Juju Smith-Schuster and he's going to try to muscle his way. It's we are you have to defend everyone who is on that field there's no taking a snap off through the defense you can't just sit there and let Deontay run a route on you because Ben's gonna find him he's gonna hit him yeah and I would say a lot of people say like Ben has all these targets no wonder he does well he he but uh, and with saying that Rudolph and Hodges had pretty much every target we had last year except for Ebron and Claypool and they still didn't do as well with them you know so I, I argue with, I say that Ben elevates the play of all these receivers, but like you're saying, these big plays were the difference in the game um, because uh, splash plays. What splash plays? Well, I'm I'm talking like uh, the plays where it matters, kind of because Juju Smith uh, Schuster has the most third down catches in the league. He has 22 catches on third down, Jeez. and then Chase Claypool has uh, the fifth most yards on third down of any receiver. And then in this game specifically, and I know we've made comments on their third down defense um, throughout the season, the Bengals went 0 for 13 on third down this game. Yeah, the Steelers held Cincinnati to 0 and 13 on third down. The last NFL team to hold a team to 0 and 13 or worse on third down was the New York Jets versus Arizona on December 2nd, 2012, where they held them for 0 and 15. So oh. historic third down defensive performance from the Steelers. So we, we have, uh, just by pro football reference, we do have the easiest strength of schedule of any team this year, uh, like games we've already faced versus, you know, teams, how they're playing this year. But we, teams that have a relative same uh, strength of schedule are not doing the things we're doing efficiency-wise. We have a 100-point uh uh, point differential, you know, points forced, you know, points we've scored versus points we've allowed. We have a hundred that's second only to the Chiefs, um, and they only have three points higher. Um, so it's virtually the same. Um, and then our margin of victory is also just barely second to the Chiefs. We're at eleven point one, um, meaning we're winning most of our games by at least eleven 
0.1 points. That's the average. That's, that's actually pretty uh, crazy. Uh, so, yes, we might have the easiest schedule. That might be true. But we really are capitalizing doing the most with it. And that's obviously one of the reasons that we're 9 and out. And it's not just the offense and the defense. It is special teams as well, which is something that, I, that, that is fun, fun to watch when you have someone like Rary McLeod catching a punt and you're like, this kid could take this to the house on any punt. And it's not like he's just straight speed. He's patient. There was the one punt where he got it and he just sat there. He let the block sit up. He kind of walked forward a little bit and then he hit the jets and he was so close to breaking free. So it, it's just all around coaching uh, special teams, offense, defense. That being said, we did give up the, the, the Bengals. Was it, were able to sneak that fake punt in on us and get the first down. But That's why that. all I would say is that last week we had probably our worst special team showing, you know, Tomlin even saying he was not pleased with their special teams. I, I think it's just good, and I hope it's a theme that we don't get too reactionary about any given game because yep. – um, I think generally our special teams, you know, with Barry, especially punting very well, our special teams has come into place. Um, our defense has been playing obviously very, you know, stellar football and then our offense every week, it seems like there's been an improvement, uh, minus the Cowboys game last week. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think Jordan Barry did have a decent game. I, I feel like a decent amount of that success was from the wind because just watching the, the the game there there was a lot of wind and when he was kicking it like with the wind behind him those punts were sailing but uh i i, I can't take it away from him he 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 looked good on at least today which was a concern for me going into the season given that we've had turmoil at the punter position um uh, I guess we could do a little talk about um, maybe some downfalls of the Steelers. So yes, we are we are nine and zero. Are we the best team? And what are the issues that could potentially bite us down the line? Uh, you know, I, I'd say our biggest bugaboos are not being able to run the ball. Um, you know, we are in the middle of the league in terms of running success, which is like a rushing success rate on first down is just under 40% uh, of the league. Uh, meaning on first down, how many of your rushes go for more than four yards? And we, we're getting about a 40%, 40% of those rushes are going for more than four yards. It's, it's really toward the middle of the league. I don't think that there's anywhere in the league that we're doing the worst in. Oh. It's just, you know, to be that perfect team, we need to be pretty mediocre. We, we need to be better than mediocre in some of these key stats. Pro Football Focus has us as the fifth worst rushing offense in the NFL. That's why it's key to look at you know, rushing successes because sometimes when you have a quarterback like Ben that throws these quick passes, that is running the ball. So I get like this urgency to run the ball, but when you have a passing offense that basically is like running the ball it's not that prescient you would just like to have it so that ben's not throwing 50 you know 40 40 balls a game and and sometimes you don't really need a rushing offense you just need enough of a rushing offense that the defense has to think about it you toss in a run play every now and again they can't not stack the ball like that someone has to be in the box if there's a running 
back on the field. If we're five wide, of course, we're not running the ball. So it, it, it just kind of adds the, that extra level. Yes. The passing attack is there. Ben is hitting people. You can, if, if you can just get just a decent amount of good runs in, then the defense has to second guess themselves a little bit. And then you're just that, that slight millisecond slower, the linebacker to react. And then, you know, it opens up the passing game more. So I'd like to see more production out of our backs, but it's, it's all in due time. Trust the process. Speaking of, you know, defenses trying to get on top of what's happening, our defense this last week and some of our players in the recent past have really stepped up the highest graded um, Steelers through the first 10 weeks uh, for their position. TJ Watt is the highest graded outside linebacker in the league. Tyson Alualu is the second highest graded at his position and Cameron Hayward is fourth rated at his position. So we have some pretty high ranking people um, just to specifically talk about TJ. TJ over the last, just the last two games is five tackles, two and a half sacks, uh, two tackles for losses, three passes defended, seven QB hits and 12 QB pressures. Uh, he's only half a sack out of the lead. And this is including the fact that we've dropped him into coverage on about 14% of snaps over the last three games. You, you can't downplay the effectiveness of the Steelers' front four. Um, Cameron Hayward seems to have this innate ability to turn it on when we need it. Late game, when everyone looks kind of tired, maybe the defense isn't really getting to the quarterback anymore. All of a sudden, he busts out a bull rush and just drops an offensive lineman right on the quarterback. It's, it, it, it's, th- it's, things, it's things that you can't coach that are innately there that give the Steelers defense an edge. TJ's speed, Bud Dupree's speed, and just the pure power of Hayward, Alulu, and you know, just the rest of the defense that then can kind of make up maybe for some smaller, sh- like for some other shortcomings in the defense itself. And as we could see last game, uh, T. Higgins, the receiver for the Bengals, actually had a pretty nice day, but that is because we shut down their two biggest targets, A.J. and um, and Tyler Boyd. We yeah. effectively canceled them out of the game. Um, so that is the secondary uh, benefiting off of what the front, you know, front, front seven are doing. Uh, so Minka Fitzpatrick, again, he's not as loud as he was last year, but I think him and Joe Hayden had their best games of the season last year. And it's because we didn't have to hear about them. Joe, Joe Hayden had a monster game. If, if, if there was a, a big play, not even a big play, just, just a pure veteran savvy play. I think, I think it was maybe a third down. Um, uh, Bengals wide receiver is running an out route and Joe Hayden is just able to kind of jump, get his hand in there and just barely smacks the ball away. And, and, and it was at that time when the announcers in the booth were like, they made some comment, Joe, you got to stop throwing your, like Joe Burrow. You got to stop throwing at Hayden. They're like, he may be old. He may be a vet, but that's it. He's an old and he's a vet. He, he's gonna, he's gonna get these passes. He's like, our old vet. Yeah, he's our old vet. He's he's gonna make the play, and and it's and it's things, it, it it's just like the small things. Like I didn't, I don't have in my memory a distinct play where I'm like, dang, Joe Hayden got burned on that, because he he didn't get burned. 
great because he's actually one of the slower cornerbacks in the league. Um, so it's interesting how well he's good at his position, given his you know natural talents probably not being so high anymore. Yeah, he, he had three passes defended against Cincinnati. That's his season high. There's just that's what I think we're trying to say is that this last game, you know, this this is a big victory against the division opponent. I don't care if they're they're kind of in the middle of a rebuild now. You know, it's a big win either way. I think for for once and after su- such a slow start, you know, we had um, you know a lot of drives there stall when we could have had we could have 21 points easy to start the game. Um, I think our offense, our defense. And our special teams, they all came together. Jordan Dangerfield is actually uh, tied with the league lead of special teams tackles. And if you see, if you watch that game, he makes like a few tackles, like sliding under players. Yeah. I think we have all-stars uh, on, on all sides of the ball. Um, and it's nice to see it coming together. Mike Tomlin, we're such a fortunate, you know, that, so fortunate that we have him as a coach. Yeah, and and on that special teams play where Steelers we went had had to punt it early in the game. I think it was on the first drive actually. Um, where I believe it was Derek Watt is the one who punched the ball out, and then it was recovered by Benny Snell. And these are two of our running backs who you would think we would be talking about because of their offensive performance, but no, it's their special teams performance, and it's My- the fact, yeah. My dad always, you know, it's just, I always remind, reminds me of my dad. He always got excited when like players that we have high expectations for at their own position, when they make special teams plays, that's how my dad knew that Heinz Ward was going to be a special player. And it's how I was able to tell early in this year that Chase Claypool was going to be a special player because he was always talking about wanting to be um, an all pro gunner, um, you know, pro bowl gunner, all those things. Like that's really exciting to see these skill position players really get into special teams. Uh, so it's all in all, it's all to say that all three facets of the game are coming together. Hopefully, I mean, uh, looking forward at the schedule, you know, we have some divisional games. I, I don't want to jinx it, but I think we, we potentially have the makings of a, a lossless season. Yeah, I I think one of the honestly, it's it's our last of the gimmicky trap games is this upcoming Jacksonville game because we are historically bad against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, and I don't think we need to get into um, great detail about this upcoming matchup because next next week we'll we'll have a little bit more analysis because we play the Ravens on Thanksgiving. So I think it would just be good to say that, um, you know, the Jags are starting Luton, you know, who's a journey, you know, not even a journeyman quarterback. He's a young quarterback. Their running back, James Robinson, is actually hurt. Um, Chenault is also hurt. Their receiver, I don't know. Uh, yes, this has the makings of a trap game, but also I don't think that these Jaguars have it in them to win. Like, I usually feel pretty nervous about the, these games, but this is not one of them. Yeah, this isn't one that I would say I'm worried about. It's it's more one that this is a game where the Steelers can continue to put the pieces together. Like you can see the makings of a championship team being built week by week and you have to use the opponents that you're going against to build that championship team. Whether it's working on maybe getting the run game going this week 
or maybe it's not making any special teams errors or something like that. It's, it's all about putting the roster in the best position to win and Tomlin making smart coaching decisions, which he consistently does. So I'm excited for this game. I'm excited to see if we do anything interesting or fun for it. But uh, yeah. So we talked about this uh, on our Twitter at not Ian's podcast. Um, but uh, we, we kind of gave our score predictions at the beginning and you had an unconventional, it was pretty close. We were pretty close. I mean, and uh, in the end we predicted pretty sizable victories for the Steelers. Um, what do you think your prediction for this bang uh, for this Jaguar Steelers game is going to be? I'm going to say Steelers 31 Jacksonville 16. Yeah, I'm going to go Steelers 34 Jacksonville 14. Yeah. Yeah, so pretty pretty sizable victories going forward. I I anticipate one defensive touchdown. I'm going to throw that out there. It's we uh, I feel like it's time. I feel like it's 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 been a decent amount and you can kind of feel it. There's been a couple close plays. I feel like the secondary's itching. Don't want to talk about it too much, but I I predict one defensive touchdown. Hopefully we can confuse this new quarterback into something, you know, he hasn't seen before. So uh, let's not go in too deep into it. Our three keys of victory. So the Steelers' path to winning this game rides on, I'm going to start with one. It, it rides on Ben Roethlisberger. He has to play well because, as we've clearly seen, without him leading the Steelers, we kind of devolve into absolute chaos. And I don't have any faith in Mason Rudolph to, 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 to win a game for us. Um, and Dobbs hasn't been suited up, so I'd have a little bit more faith in him. But yeah, so I'd say number one, Ben, got to play well. I would say my key is that we want to actually blitz our outside linebackers that are very good at blitzing. Let's send them on the rush a little bit more. This is a quarterback that might be good in an offensive line that is a good one to test. So let's let's start blitzing a little bit more. And then my 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 last key to victory would be consistency on the defense. So we talk a lot about how great the defense is, but sometimes we like to give up long drives to subpar quarterbacks and subpar offenses. So it'd be nice to see consistency, same as last week, force three and outs, don't give up third downs, don't give up long plays, don't give up splash plays. You, you do that, you're going to win a football game. I'm Brady. And I'm Josh. And we could have been doctors, but and we we'll decided see. to be here with you instead. And we'll be here with you next week.